We ready? All right, pull those guys out and uh, turn to Psalm 146. Psalm 146, whether you got the paper edition or your digital edition on your Bible, pull it out. Psalm 146. And uh, in this Get Real series, we have been looking at uh, the different psalms where the writers, they're crying out to God, they're telling God their, their hopes, their dreams, their fears, their failures. Uh, they're, they're telling them their doubts, uh, all the requests that they have. And today, today's is a little bit different because it's not so much negative things that they're telling God, but it's all about praise. Today is all about praise. See, because you can't come to the creator of the universe and not want to praise him. I mean, when you get into the presence of God, you can't help but just kind of gush of just like, wow, what is God doing? Uh, we can't help but praise when we're in the presence of God. And there are many psalms, if you look through, Pastor Joni shared one this morning out of Psalm 100 of, of praise. There's many psalms that somewhere in the psalm, it praises God. Usually a typical thing is this. It starts off with all their problems and all their fears and all their doubts, but then it ends in praise, right? And, and they come back to the point of like, but praise God. Like, I'm still thankful, even though all these things are going wrong, God, you're still in control. But uh, in the psalm we're looking at today, it starts with praise, in the middle is praise, and in the end is praise. It's just all about praise. And we're looking at Psalm 146, and in fact, it starts a series of five psalms, 146 through the end of the book, Psalm 150, that are completely all about praise. They start and they end with praise. And in fact, they're called the, the Hallelujah Psalms, uh, which I'll let you know why they're called that in just a minute. But if you got Psalm 146, let's, uh, let's look at this. Let me read it for you. It says this, praise the Lord. Praise the Lord, my soul. I will praise the Lord all my life. I will sing praise to God as long as I live. Do not put your trust in princes and human beings who cannot save. When their spirit departs, they return to the ground. On that very day, their plans come to nothing. Blessed are those whose help is in the God of Jacob, whose hope is in the Lord their God. He is the maker of heaven and earth, the sea and everything in them. He remains faithful forever. He upholds the cause of the oppressed and gives food to the hungry. The Lord sets prisoners free. The Lord gives sight to the blind. The Lord lifts up those who are bowed down. The Lord loves the righteous. The Lord watches over the foreigner and sustains the fatherless and the widow. But he frustrates the ways of the wicked. The Lord reigns forever. You God, your God, O Zion, for all generations, praise the Lord. Jesus, thank you for your word. God, I pray that you would open up this scripture to our hearts. God, that you would instill praise in our hearts today in Jesus name. Amen. Amen. So let's break this thing down. Let's look at at how David is singing praise to God and how that can make a difference in your life today. So we're looking at these first couple verses. It says, praise the Lord, praise the Lord, my soul. I will praise the Lord all my life. I will sing praise to my God for as long as I live. Uh, now I told you uh, these are called the hallelujah psalms and, and maybe you look in there like, I didn't hear you say hallelujah once, right? And you're right, I didn't. Uh, and so I was kind of confused to myself, like, why do they call these the Hallelujah Psalms? Well, if you go into the, the Hebrew text here, because the Old Testament, it was written in Hebrew, uh, the word praise, at the very start of this thing, you know, praise the Lord, very start, the word praise is the Hebrew word Hallel. And then if you go a little further and you look at that word God or the Lord, the Hebrew word for that is Yah, which is short for like, Jehovah or Jehovah, like we sang about earlier. So, yeah. So now you put those two words, praise the Lord, 
Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Right? Right? So that's where, if you guys are ever wondering, like, what does that word even mean? Hallelujah. We sing it, but I don't get it. This is where it comes from. Praise the Lord. It's the Hebrew word for praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. So each one of these psalms starts with a hallelujah and ends with a hallelujah. It starts with a praise the Lord and it ends with a praise the Lord. As soon as one hallelujah ends, another one begins. And uh, wouldn't that be a healthy habit in our lives if every day we started the day with a hallelujah and ended the day with a hallelujah, right? Or we started saying, praise God, and we ended the day saying, praise God. Because sometimes we, we wake up and we think, oh, man, I've got so much stuff to do today. Like, I'm late. Man, my alarm clock didn't go off, or I slept right through it, or all that. Or at the end of the day, you're just like, oh, I'm so tired. I just want to go to sleep. And you just fall asleep watching TV or something. But what if we started our day with praise, and we ended our day with praise? I think that would change a lot of stuff in our lives. See, David, David here, he, he starts out again with that, that phrase, praise the Lord, O my soul. We saw that before. David's talking to himself again. He does that a lot. Praise the Lord, O my soul. Because again, he's got it up here. He knows praise is a good thing. I need to praise. But God, I need to have that praise element hit my heart, and it hasn't yet. So praise the Lord, O my soul. Like, figure it out. Get with it. Because God is worthy of praise. So there was days where David didn't feel like praising the Lord. But yet he still had to tell his soul, doesn't matter. God's worthy of it anyway. My feelings are, are liars out there, but God, you are constant. God, you are true, and I need to praise the Lord. I need to start my day, and I need to finish my day with a hallelujah to give Jesus praise, to give God praise, right? What if you started your day with a little morning hallelujah? You know, you get out of bed just like, God, thank you. Thank you for a new day. God, thank you for an alarm clock that works, even if I don't like hearing it. God, thank you. Thank you for, for a job. God, thank you for the beauty of your creation, of, uh, of seeing your, your sunrise come up. God, God, thank you. Thank you for a family. God, thank you for a home. And, and, and you just go through the whole things of all the things you are thankful for and all the ways you want to praise him. God, you're a good God. God, thank you that you've got a plan for me. God, thank you that you've got people uh, that you are going to bring across my path today that I've never met before. But God, you've got God encounters lined up. God, thank you. Thank you for your faithfulness. And we just start the day that way. And then what if we ended our, our day the same way with an evening? Hallelujah. God, thank you for your provision today. God, thank you for a bed to sleep in. God, thank you for each meal that I had today. God, thank you for your protection. God, thank you for your word. God, that you spoke to me today, that you got something for me today. Man, that would, that would change our perception of the day. You see, praise changes our perception. Praise changes our perception. When we praise God in the good times and the bad times, it, it changes how, how we see things, right? It turns us from glass half empty people to glass half full people, right? Any glass half empty people out there? Man, Nobody wants to admit it in here. Come on, we've all been that person at one time or another. We like to look at the negative things. That's, that's the fleshly, worldly part of ourselves of just everything's negative. But, but when we live by the Spirit, when we live for God, when we choose to praise Him, we start to see things a little bit differently. We start to see God moving in the details. Two months ago, our basement flooded. And I know many of you guys were in the same boat. 
It was a sinking boat. And uh, it just couldn't have been worse timing in my eyes. It was just like, seriously, we've got like a two-week-year-old baby. We're just trying to figure out, like, we're not getting any sleep, you know, nothing like, and now we're up here in the middle of the night dragging everything out of the house, trying to save it all and do all this stuff. And it's just like, God, why now? And you know how home projects go, right? What I thought was going to take a couple days turned into a couple weeks, turned into a couple months. Here we are today. Uh, we slept in the basement for the first time last night again. It's like, praise God. But it was just like this, during this whole process, during this whole process, there were so many days I was a half-empty kind of guy, right? Just like, God, why would you do this? God, this is, seriously, like, why now? There's so many better, like, I could be serving you so much better right now if I didn't have to redo my basement. Like, there's just so many, and, and it was just very negative. And it was in those moments where God reminded me of, like, no, you need to change the attitude. You need to praise me even when things aren't going the way that you want them to. So even though it was difficult, it was still like, okay, God, thank you. All right, what can I thank you for? God, thank you that I've got a house that's got enough space that we can cram everybody upstairs, even when we don't have a basement. God, thank you for friends and family who are willing to come at crazy hours in the middle of the night uh, to help take stuff off of the sinking ship. You know, God, thank you. Thank you uh, for your provision. God, thank you that even in this process, God, you're still good. God, you're still in control. God, you still have a plan. And it changed my attitude. It changed my perception of what God was doing. See, praise changes our perception. When we make praising God a part of our daily lives, it, it changes how we view things. So, so make sure. That's an easy, easy step that we can do. Add a morning hallelujah and an evening hallelujah to your life. Uh, a morning, God, praise God, thank you for a new day. And an evening, God, thank you for this day. Thank you for what's to come. God, thank you for rest. Well, we keep going, verses 3 and 4. Again, just looking at it quickly, it says, do not put your trust in princes, in human beings who cannot save. When their spirit departs, they return to the ground. On that very day, their plans come to nothing. See, we need to add praise to our life, but we need to be careful about who we praise. See, our praise needs to be to God alone. It needs to be to God alone. It says, don't trust in princes. Don't worship people. We need to make sure that we don't turn our hallelujahs into hallelujahs, right? Because that's what we tend to do. You know, we start praising people because they've got a great idea or they, they look nice or they've got a special ability or special talent and, and, and we want to be like them. So we start praising people. But it says don't put your trust in princes. Now, one, one commentator would say a modern example of that today would be a modern translation of princes, since we don't have a whole lot of princes walking around our towns, uh, would be the, the influential. Don't praise the influential, the people out there who've got influence o over your life. Don't put your trust in them. See, there's many people who want and are vying for influence in your life. Man, there's many people. Uh, I was looking at the stats in 2020, the world spent a quarter of a trillion dollars quarter of a trillion, $250 billion on marketing so they can have 30 seconds of time, 30 seconds of influence in your life. So you can see a logo, so you can see a little spot, a quarter of, of a trillion dollars to have influence in your life because they thought it was that worth it to have influence. 
Uh, there's literally millions of people in our world whose job is to be a social media influencer. What? Right? <laughs> to influence people on TikTok or Instagram, on social media, uh, so that that way they can build trust and all their, their followers start to trust them and think, okay, these people know what they're talking about. And because of that, they can influence you on what you buy, on what you purchase. And, and man, I trust that person, so I'm going to buy the things that they tell me to buy and grab the things, their recommendations. There's athletes and movie stars, and, and they influence uh, our culture. They influence people. I mean, we, we spend way more money on a pair of shoes than they're worth just because they've got somebody's name on them, just because they've got somebody's number on them, right? That's the influence that, that they can have. Uh, I was reading an article once that it said that uh, uh, the company Ray-Ban that makes sunglasses was about to go bankrupt. But then one day, Tom Cruise wore their sunglasses in a movie, and their sales went up 20 times, and he saved their company from bankruptcy. Because a movie star wore their sunglasses. I mean, that's the kind of influence uh, that they have in our culture. Politicians are constantly chasing after influence. The more influence they have, the more votes they have. So people are constantly trying to get our influence. Now, influence isn't inherently bad. You can influence people for good or for evil, right? And you can choose. So there's, there's good influence, man. There's, uh, there's people, there's social media influencers who are, are saying the name of Jesus, right, and, and using their influence for good. Uh, there's, there's athletes who give glory to God. There's companies who use their profits to take care of the hungry and the overlooked and the homeless. Like, there, there's good influences out there. But whether good or bad, we need to be careful of putting all our trust in the influential. We need to put our trust in God. We need to give praise to God, not to people. The Bible tells us why. Because even the most powerful, influential person out there is mortal. They're mortal. They're going to die. And when they die, it, it says that all their hopes and dreams and promises will die with them. When they die, their spirit goes into eternity, but their body goes back into the ground. So let me give you a very simple point here. You can even write it down if you want to. Ready? We need to stop praising dirt. Think about that for a second. We need to stop praising dirty. Uh, Ecclesiastes 3.20 says, All come from dust, and to dust all return. Right? We were made from the dirt. God crafted Adam from the dirt. And when we die, our bodies go back into the ground. It's interesting uh, in this passage, the word for, for man in this passage, uh, in the Hebrew, it's actually Adam. Adam is the word. You know, that's my English pronunciation of it. But Adam is the word for man. That's where we get the name Adam. Adam literally means man. So when God created man, uh, you know, we need a name for him. We'll just call you man or we'll call you Adam because that's the word we're already using. So that's where Adam derives his name. But then in the same passage, you look at the word for ground or dirt or earth in this passage, and the word is Adama. Basically the same word, Adam and Adama, right? Man, humanity, and dirt have a lot in common. God made us out of the dust into the dust we're going to return. We are mere mortals. See, a person may be able to help you gain popularity, may be able to help you make more money, uh, get your agenda across, but no person can give you salvation. No mortal can give you salvation. No one can save you from your sins. No one can give you eternal life. No person can give you a ticket to heaven, and no one can earn their way to heaven. 
Ephesians 2.8 says, For it is by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not from yourselves. It is a gift from God. It's a gift from God. You can't do it. Nobody else can offer it to you. Nobody else can give it to you. This is a gift from God that only he can give, that only he can give. A mere mortal cannot gain salvation and, or give salvation because it's a gift from God. So where is your praise going? Are you praising somebody that's just going to turn to dust and turn to dirt? Or are you praising the eternal God who can give you eternal salvation? You need to stop praising dirt. Verse 5. Verse 5 says, Blessed are those whose help is in the God of Jacob, whose hope is in the Lord. Another point for you is we are blessed when our help and our hope is in God. We're blessed when our help and our hope is in God. And I think those two can be kind of a difficult combo for us, to have our help and our hope in God. We kind of like to pick one or the other. You know, maybe today you're sitting here and your, your help is in God. You've got no problem relying on God. You know, it's just like, God, I need this. You know, every day you're like, God, I need this. God, I need you to make sure uh, I need to make the finances meet the end of the month. God, I need you to put food on my table. God, I, I need your provision. God, I need your prof- protection. And I mean, daily you're aware uh, of God moving in your life and your, your need on God on a day-to-day basis. But because you're so stuck in the present, you haven't thought ahead. You need him today, but you, you haven't really asked him for salvation. Your, your hope isn't in heaven. It isn't in Jesus. Your hope right now is just one day I, I hope to have enough. One day I hope just, just for peace, right? Whatever that might look like, that I'd have to, I can finally stop relying on God all the time. And we say, God, I need you in my present, but God, I, I don't need you in my future. So maybe just your help's in God, or maybe you're the opposite, and your hope's in God. Your hope's in God, and you're just thinking, man, I can't wait until the day Jesus returns, and uh, it's going to be a glorious day when he comes riding uh, through the clouds and that trumpet sounds, and I just can't wait for that day. But in the short day-to-day life, we often forget about him. We don't ask for his help. You know, we think, I've got enough. I can do everything on my own. And we rely on our jobs, we rely on finances, on family and friends to get us through that, that day-to-day stuff like, God, I got this, don't worry, I'm just waiting for you to come back. You know, I've got my salvation, it is good, you know, I, I prayed the prayer, but day-to-day, I got this, you can be hands-off, God, I don't want your help. I want you in my future, but I don't need to rely on you in my present. But when our help is in people, and we rely on people to meet our needs, and when our hope is in people then we're going to wind up disappointed. But it says that blessed are those whose help and hope is in the God of Jacob, in, in the Lord Almighty. This is, where our pra- this is why our praise needs to go to God, right? So we can stay relying on him today and tomorrow. We need to have those both down. God, I need you today. I need your help today. And God, I need your hope tomorrow. God, I, I need it every single day. So blessed is the one whose help and whose hope is in God. In verses 6 through 10, it starts, David starts going through a list of every reason why we should praise God, of all these different things that he wants to give God glory for, right? And he starts talking just about his character, uh, about God's, God's nature. And these verses answer that question of why we should praise God. Like, why, why is God worthy of our praise? Why praise God rather than someone else? 
And again, they go into the character and nature of God. So the first thing he talks about is God's power. He says, God, you are the maker of heaven and of earth, the sea and everything in them. Right? God is powerful. It goes all the way back to Genesis 1.1. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Right? And you look through, and he, he made everything. He made the land. He made the sea. He made the trees. Uh, he made the birds in the air and the fish in the sea. He made the land. And, like, he made the stars in the sky. He made the universe. And when you stop and think about that, how powerful God is, that's why we praise him, because of his power, because of his creative nature. Right? When you just stop to think about how vast this universe is. And, and just how deep it goes and how many stars are out. Man, that's crazy. But then also to think about just the beauty and detail that he put into each one of us. That he put into a flower. That he, he put into all of you. And you stop and you look and it's just like, wow, God, you are great. You are powerful. There's no one like you, God. So we praise him because he's the maker of heaven and earth. We praise him because of his power. The next thing he goes in, he, he starts talking about, God, you remain faithful forever. You remain faithful forever. Another part of the character of God is that he never changes. He never changes. He comes through on every promise. He's always consistent. God, you are faithful forever. So you need a reason to praise God? Praise God because he's constant. Praise God because he never changes, that he's always the same, that he's always faithful, that, that every word he gives, he answers. He follows through. So we praise God because there's no one like him. Man, we, we change our mind 10 times in a day. But God doesn't. God stays the same. God is constant. God is our rock. So God, we, we praise you. God, because you never fail. God, you're always faithful. Even when we're not, even when we promise you things and we don't deliver, God, you still stay faithful to us. So we praise God. Man, that's a good reason to praise God. And then it goes into... Uh, Several verses that talk about God's justice and his mercy and his compassion, right? God stands up for the oppressed. He gives food to the hungry. He sets prisoners free. He gives sight to the blind. He lifts those who are humble. He watches over the foreigner. He sustains the fatherless and the widow, and he frustrates the plans of the wicked. So here you have an all-powerful God, right, who just has everything at his fingertips. He's got control of everything. And rather than using it to, to glory over people or to lift up his nose and say, you're, you're beneath me. No, he, he goes to those who are under the radar and he helps them out. Man, we serve a God who roots for the underdog, right? He stands up for the oppressed. He gives food to the hungry. Like he, he meets the needs of those who are overlooked. He sets prisoners free, gives sight to the blind. He lifts up those who are humbled. He, he's against the wicked those ones who are trying to prosper, those ones who are, who are trying to, to do evil in this world. He's against those plans. See, God could just turn the other way. God could just enjoy himself, but no, instead he cares. That's a reason to praise God for his compassion, for his justice, for his mercy. None of us today would be here without his mercy. Man, that's something you can give God a hallelujah for in the morning, every morning. God, thank you for your mercy. God, thank you for giving me a new day of life. I know I've messed it up. God, I know I've sinned. But God, you've given me a second chance. God, thank you for your mercy. Thank you for your compassion. Thank you that you're not a God far off. But God, that you are a God who's close. You're a God who cares. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. And then at the final thing, it says that he reigns forever. He reigns forever. David praises him 
for his glory. Right? There's no God like ours. There's, there's no king like ours. He reigns forever. His is not a temporary kingdom. It's an eternal kingdom. We, we see you look into history and you see nations rise and fall. Even the most powerful nations out there, it's a cycle, right? They rise and fall. Maybe a couple hundred of years they're on top, but eventually they fall. But not in the kingdom of God. It's eternal. And he's won the victory. There's no God like our God. We're on the winning team, and that's why we can praise God for victory. We can praise God that he reigns. We can praise him because of his glory. See, in all these things, the reason why we praise God is we praise God because of who he is. You don't even have to praise God because of the things that he's done. And we could go on and on just thanking God for the things he's done. But we just need to praise God because of his character, that he's powerful, that he is just, that he's merciful, that he's compassionate, that compassionate, that he's glorious, that he's never changing, that he's constant, that he's all-knowing, that he's all-wise. Like, we can praise God simply because of who he is. When was the last time that you stood in awe of something in this world? When was the last time? Think about that moment. The last time that you were just overwhelmed. Maybe it was the beauty of nature, right? You're standing on the the Grand Canyon, and you're just like, wow, that's a big hole. Maybe you're looking again at a tiny flower, and you're just seeing the details, and, and, and you're just in awe of how beautiful this creation is. Maybe you're staring at the height of a mountain or the vastness of an ocean, or you're, you're looking and contemplating how many stars are in the sky. Or maybe you were in awe because of the compassion of a person. Somebody, some stranger just did a random act of kindness for you, and it just blew you away, and you just, wow. Whether that was to you or you saw someone to do it to someone else, and it was just, what compassion. Maybe, maybe you were in awe because it was just the roar of a crowd. You were at a concert, you were at a game, and, and it was just like, wow, this is crazy. The amount of people and voices and just feels like the building is shaking, and you just felt in awe. Well, no matter what moments you stood in, God's power, compassion, and glory are no match for those moments. In fact, those moments that you were in awe, God was the orchestrator of those occasions. He was the designer of those details. Right? God was in charge. God has created every moment. Right? How often do we pick up that God is in the details of our life? That God brings occasions and times and moments together. That, that God is the creator of everything. Uh, there's a book called uh, Every Moment Holy by Douglas McElvey. And in this book, he writes out prayers. He writes out prayers. And it's called Every Moment because he writes out prayers, some for the, the great moments, the special occasions, and some for just the mundane moments of things that we can pray throughout the day. And there was one prayer at the end of the book uh, that he titled, A Praise to the King of Creation. And I, I want to read just a portion of it to you. This is a prayer that he wrote. It says, Our thoughts of you, O Lord, have been too small, too few. There is no quarter over which you are not king. You are king of the great bears, king of the canyons, the lord of the lava fields, ruler of all hummingbirds. You are the weaver of unseen fabrics of the world. You are the lord of the atoms, the ruler of electrons, the lord of gravity. You are the lord of novas exploding, lord of speeding light, king of the moon. Our thoughts of you have been too small, too few. How often do we see God in the details? 
Do we see the beauty of God's creation? Do we think about him in those moments? We think about him on a Sunday morning, right? But how often do we think about him at a random time in the middle of work? How often do we think about God while we're just driving through, right? While we're doing the to-do list, how often do we think about God? Do we make that every moment holy? Do we make that every moment we remember who God is? Do we give him praise? Do we give him glory? See, when you think about it and you look for it, you can see God in the details of everything. He is the creator. He is the author and perfecter. He is the giver of life. He's the giver of every good thing, right? That's our God. So we need to praise God because of who he is. One more thing, one more point that I want to share with you uh, this morning. Let Let me ask a question. Anybody here excited for heaven? Okay, there's a few of you in here, right? Right? We're excited for heaven. Like, I I can't wait until that trumpet sounds, until Jesus splits the sky and he takes his church back to be with him. Like, that's the day we're waiting for, right? If you're not excited about heaven, I don't know what you're going to get excited for. Like, heaven is going to be amazing and we can't wait where there's no more sorrow, there's no more pain. And we get to be with Jesus forever. But let me tell you this, if you want a sneak peek of heaven, right? Anybody want to know what heaven is like? Anybody want to experience a little bit of heaven here on earth? See, because if you want to experience heaven on earth, one simple step, praise God. Praise God. Like literally, if you want to experience what heaven is like, then all you need to do is praise God. The book of Revelation, uh, it gives us glimpses of what heaven is like. Uh, God reveals heaven to John, one of his disciples, one of his apostles, and he gives him this vision, and it's the book of Revelation. And in chapter 4, it describes God sitting on the throne. And I don't think words can describe what it would be like to see God sitting on the throne in heaven. It, it, he describes it like a precious jewel. Like literally God is shining like a precious jewel. There, there's a rainbow. Uh, there's thunder and lightning coming out of the throne. I mean, it's majestic. It's glorious. You can't hardly look at God. But then it says surrounding the throne, it describes four majestic creatures, these living creatures, and they they have a very specific purpose. And in Revelation chapter 4, verse 8, it says their purpose. It says this, day and night, they never stop saying, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty who was and is and is to come. Right? So these, these four majestic creatures, these four living creatures, their entire purpose is to sing praises to God. Like that's what they're doing. 24-7, they're declaring the glory of God for all of eternity. And it still doesn't even scratch the surface of how much praise God is worthy of. Right? But that's all they're doing. But it goes on. Because that's not the only praise that's happening in in verse 9. It says, whenever the living creatures give glory, honor, and thanks to him who sits on the throne, who lives forever and ever, it says, the 24 elders fall down before him who sits on the throne and worship him who lives forever and ever. They lay their crowns before the throne and say, you are worthy, our Lord and God, to receive glory and honor and power, for you created all things, and by your will they were created and have their being. Now, you got the the four creatures around the throne, and now you've got 24 elders. We don't know who these elders are, but they've got crowns on, so clearly they are like heaven's royalty, right? And, and it says when the, these, these creatures start praising God, which remember is always, it says in those moments, they, they get off their thrones and they lay their crowns down and they humble themselves 
and they begin worshiping God. Heaven's royalty begin worshiping God because he's greater, because he's the highest throne. He's the name above all names. He's the king above all kings. And they start to, to worship God just like David did in this Psalm 146. God, you created all things. You're the maker of heaven and earth. God, you are worthy. And so they begin to praise. But that's not it. Revelation chapter 5, verse 11, it describes even more about heaven. It says, then I, in verse 11, it says, Then I looked and I heard the voice of many angels, numbering thousands upon thousands and ten thousand times ten thousand. They encircled the throne and the living creatures and the elders. In a loud voice, they were saying, Worthy is the Lamb who was slain to receive power and wealth and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and praise. Right? So we got another layer. We got the four creatures. We got the 24 elders. But now you've got like a countless number of angels singing God's praise. What a scene, right? Can you imagine just standing there and listening to a ton of angels singing the glory and the praises of God? Right? That would be overwhelming to even take in. I don't know how John is, is able to write this stuff down, right? It's just overwhelming to think about the praise that we're giving to God, and yet that's still not enough. It's still not enough in verse 13. It's, uh, John writes, then I heard every creature in heaven and on earth and under the sea and on, on the sea and all that is in them saying, to him who sits on the throne and to the Lamb be praise and honor and glory and power forever and ever. The four living creatures said amen and the elders fell down and worshiped. Right? So another layer. We got the four living creatures. They're worshiping God. We've got the 24 elders bowing down, throwing their crowns down, giving praise to God. We, we've got the myriad amount of angels around the throne singing God's praise. And if that wasn't enough, it said that every creature in heaven and on earth, every creature, every human, every animal, every living thing that has breath was praising God. What a scene. Can you imagine the sound of that? That's what heaven's like, right? That's what heaven's like. Heaven is a time of praising God. I think back to um, the time in my life where I saw the most people praising something, all right? Uh, 20 years ago, uh, I got to go to a Twins playoff game, right? It was awesome. It was in the Metrodome, and uh, that could hold about 64,000 people, and every seat was packed. Every seat, I mean, we, my dad and I, we got seats like right up two rows from the top. They were the last seats in the building. And, and I was excited to go, and, and it was great. We go in, the twins have this little thing called a Homer hanky during the playoffs, just like a little white tissue. You get to wave around, right? And, and so the whole play, you look down the row, and it's just a bunch of, a sea of white waving Homer hankies, and, and it was great. The twins scored 11 times that day. No one sat down the entire game. It was just this wall of sound. The entire, it, was, it was amazing. It was impressive. It was one of those moments of just like, wow. But that pales in comparison to what heaven is going to sound like when we're all praising Jesus together. It pales in comparison. It, it's nothing. The thousands of angels, every creature on heaven and on earth will be praising God. Everyone. Everyone. So if you want to experience heaven on earth, you want a little slice of heaven praise God praise God Sunday mornings here this is what a little slice of heaven right we're just practicing for heaven on Sunday mornings that's what it's like 
We're coming together and we're praising the name of Jesus. You know, this whole time, David, he's been praising and glorifying God. And in the Old Testament, you see the prophets constantly predicting, hey, there's one who's going to be coming. There's going to be a Messiah. There's going to be a Savior. He's going to be the Son of God. And in the New Testament, we're introduced to this guy named Jesus, right? And you look through the New Testament, you look through Matthew and Mark and Luke and John, and you see the story of Jesus. And it's interesting because you see Jesus open the eyes of the blind. He raises up those who are bowed down. He watches over strangers. He, he's, uh, he blesses the fatherless and the widow. He turns the ways of the wicked upside down. Right? Kind of sound familiar to the passage we just worship God about? His compassion, his mercy, his justice. And, and we see God's power, Jesus' power over nature and, and all these different things. And, and uh, man, Jesus wasn't just a good teacher. Jesus wasn't just a prophet. He was like father, like son. Jesus was Lord. Jesus is the Son of God. See, unlike praising princes or influential people who eventually turned to dust, when Jesus died, that tomb couldn't hold him. He's not in that tomb anymore. He rose on the third day, and today it says that he's at the right hand of the Father. Man, Jesus is God. So if you're out there today and you've never accepted Jesus, you've never given Jesus your praise, today you can do that. Today you can make that decision and say, you know what? Uh, I've given my praise to a lot of things and a lot of places and a lot of people out there, but today is the day where I stop praising dirt and I start praising the eternal almighty God, God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit, right? Three persons, one God, Jesus. You can make Jesus the Lord of your life. Because he died on the cross for your sins. And, and he can give you new life. He's the only one who can save you. He's the only way to heaven. There's no other way. Jesus is worthy of our praise. In fact, in those verses where it says, worthy is the lamb. They were talking about Jesus. He's the only one. He's the only one who can make a way. Worship team, would you come? See, church, I believe it's time that we start praising. It's time to start praising God on a Sunday morning. Right, and lifting our voices, like I said, that's just a little training for heaven, a little slice of heaven that we can experience every Sunday morning. But we can't just praise God on Sundays, right? If we're just praising God on Sundays, we're still missing out. We need to praise God in every moment of every day. We need to praise God in the exciting days, in the big moments, but also in the mundane moments. And it's going to change your perception of the world around you. When you start to see how God moves in everything, in every little detail, it changes your perception. We need to start our day and end our day with a hallelujah because no matter how you feel, God is still worthy. God is still good. It's who he is. It's in his nature. God is worthy of our praise. I want to leave you with a quote uh, by an evangelist. He was a Bible scholar in, in Britain in the early 1800s in the, or in the late 1800s and early 1900s. His name was George Campbell Morgan. And he wrote this, when hallelujahs languish on our tongues and our devotion dies, the reason is that we have lost our clear vision of God, our keen consciousness of what he is. To know him is to praise him and that without ceasing. See, in other words, when we stop praising God, it's not because he's not worthy anymore, it's because we lost sight of who he was. It's because we're not seeing him clearly. To know God 
cease to praise him. It's a natural reaction. When we understand how much he's delivered us from, when we see all of our sin on that cross and the work that Jesus did and his love and his compassion in our life, we see the heaven and the place that he's preparing for those who love him. We can't help but praise. When we see his power, when we see his mercy, when we, we see his glory, we can't help but praise. And that's what it needs to be in our life. So if you've got a praise problem, really you've got more of a vision problem. You're just not seeing God clearly. So God, help us to see you today. And help us to keep our eyes on you for who you really are. Would you stand with me today? Now today, I think the only way fitting is we end with some praise in this place. Where we lift up the name of Jesus, the name of our Lord, and give him all we've got. So I want to challenge you. I want to encourage you. Lift your voices. Sing louder than you ever have before. Get a feel. Get an experience for what heaven is like. Because heaven is a place where you praise Jesus. And if you've never experienced him before, if you've never experienced the presence of God, that can all change today. Lift, lift your eyes up to heaven. Praise God with all that you have. Ask him into your heart. Ask him into your life. So let's give Jesus, let's give God all the praise that we can today. Worship team, would you lead us?
There's no one like our God. So God, we refuse to be silent. God, we refuse to be silent because you are worthy. God, your word says if we don't say something, the rocks are going to cry out. So God, we cry out to you. We praise your name. God, we join with the angels around your throne and singing your praise. Worthy is the Lamb. Hallelujah, Lord. There is no one like you. So God, I pray that you would help us to keep praising as we walk out this door. God, that you'd help us to praise when we wake up, when we, when we go to bed. God, may we praise every day and every moment of our lives because, God, you are worthy. And it still wouldn't be enough to declare your, your greatness and your glory even in a lifetime of praise. So God, we give it praise to you. God, may you be glorified. May you be lifted up in our lives. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen, amen. Have a great week. Keep praising God. Keep seeking after him this week.